Welcome to the Full Frame Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Walter. In recent weeks, the death of another black man at the hands of police has sparked protests across the United States. In early January, 29-year-old Tyree Nichols was brutally beaten to death by five Memphis police officers. The image that many Americans will have of Tyree is from the officer's own body cameras, showing him writhing in pain on the pavement and pleading for his life. But artist Nicholas Smith wants people to see Tyree as he was when he was alive. In an Instagram post, Nicholas posted a digital illustration he made of Tyree, a big smile on his face. In the post, Nicholas wrote, this is Tyree Nichols on a skateboard in his element, where he had time to reflect on life, where he had time to envision his future with his four-year-old son, where he had time to just be freely. Nicholas calls himself an artivist, a combination of artist and activist. I spoke to him recently in Los Angeles, where he's based. We start our full-frame podcast series with a very controversial topic in the United States, race. This episode is called Art and Activism. Full Frame. I want to talk about the little you, because you grew up in Houston, in the suburbs. Uh, Did you know at an early age that you were gonna be an artist or what were your dreams as a kid? I did not, I did not have an understanding of like what it meant to be an artist when I grew up. I was never the type of person to say like, oh, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna be an artist when I grow up. So I, I never said that, but I was always drawing. I was always like looking at the cartoons and trying to recreate. Um, my parents were bringing home like artifacts from Africa and all these different, you know, they would have like Norman Rockwell pieces on the, on the wall and all kinds of art everywhere. So I was always making art. And I just, I don't know, I just wasn't the type of person to say, that's what I want to do. And so I, consequentially, it led me down a slightly different path, which ended up being architecture and then pulled me back into art. But yes, when I was, when I was little, it was just, art all the time. Let's stay with your parents because what you're describing for me there in the suburbs of Houston is a pretty eclectic art collection. Do you think that that helped shape you as an artist in a way or? Absolutely. Um, My parents, they had everything on, you know, everything that you could think of. Um, You know, like I said, they, they would sometimes go to Africa and bring back all types of artifacts. But then there would, like I said, there would also be like a, you know, Ruby Bridges, Norman Rockwell piece on the wall or um, just all kinds of, you know, all types of artwork really just everywhere. And one, one piece that was actually on the bathroom door when I was growing up um, was a sign that said colored only. And yeah, colored only. And Those are the types of pieces that my mom wanted me to see to say, like, don't forget where don't forget where we came from. Like, 
And this was a pretty much, you know, this is the white suburbs, like my white friends, my best friends came over and saw that sign. I'm like, mom, take the sign down. <laughs> like, but she, she would always like make sure I saw, you know, there was a, there's a Norman Rockwell piece, I believe of um, these black kids who are watching white kids play on the playground and they're not allowed. Um, moments like that, like, um, it, would, it was just like creativity everywhere, but also, a reminder for me of like, you know, you're a black kid in America. Make sure you never forget that. Um, make sure you know where we came from and make sure you make the world a better place because it has been bad. No justice! No justice! What do we want? What do we want? What do we want? When do we want it? We're gonna talk about some really serious stuff here, uh, which is, and we'll start with Trayvon. Um, describe for me your reaction when that story came out, and then how you were able to fuel all of that and, and use it as an instrument of activism through your art. When, when Trayvon Martin was murdered, um, I, I feel like that was one of, that was like really the catalyst for me. Um, uh, I was enraged, of course, um, mainly at the fact that like, you know, if, if he had been any other race or whatever, wearing a hoodie, walking through that neighborhood, he probably would still be alive. Um, but because of so many different, you know, fear tactics and, you know, obviously, systemic racism and, and everything that's just been in our society, somebody looked at him and saw him as a threat. And so it was just, it was just unbelievable. And that, that weekend when, you know, his, his killer was found not guilty, um, there was a hoodie movement, people were marching in the streets. Um, that was the weekend that Black Lives Matter officially began. Like literally that weekend it was founded. And so um, I feel like if you had any sort of creativity and you were an activist, like that was the moment to become an artivist or, you know, to really, you know, combine the two and just go. And so I was actually talking to one of my um, college classmates from Hampton University and, and we were just like, talking about like, what would it be like if even, even like historical figures of the past were, were, you know, part of this hoodie movement. And naturally like Martin Luther King Jr. is the first that comes to mind. I'm like, okay. It was really like one of the fastest art pieces that I've made, just like find an old image of MLK and a hoodie and Photoshop it together. And I, you know, put it out there on social media and I was literally, at the time I was, you know, working for Disney, um, doing architecture, um, whole nother life. Um, and I was literally at Disneyland and I looked down on my phone and my friend says like, your art is on CNN and Ben Jones had retweeted it and it was everywhere. And then the next day or two, I, they asked me to come on CNN and talk to Dr. King's niece. Um, and the, you know, the art was everywhere. Everybody was, you know, really, I, I feel like it was kind of a litmus test to say like, um, what do you see, you know, what is your reaction when you see this, this image of Dr. King in a hoodie, you know? Um, conservative people were saying that you were like 
I was tarnishing his image and because, I don't know, we'll get into that. But like, I felt like the whole point of the piece was to say like, it, um, you shouldn't judge anybody by their outward appearance. Like, do you, does this image of Dr. King in a hoodie make you look less, look down on him or like, look at him as less of a person because he's wearing a hoodie, the same hoodie that Mark Zuckerberg wears, or, you know, it's it's a hoodie, like it's an article of clothing, but you combine it with black skin and, and now it's, oh, it means thug or it means, you know, criminal. Um, and that moment, like seeing the art go everywhere that fast, it was like the realization, like, I can I can do something with with my artwork. Like I can I can really like flip the conversation and and make this make people think about what's happening and who we are, and you know just that quickly. I need to hold up a mirror to all this stuff that's happening. There's a ton of things going on, a ton of things that are not working right, and really it's like people are scrolling so fast on social media, and it's like for some it seems like art has the ability to make people stop and like say like, what is this? And so um, with artivism, it's, it's been an amazing journey because not only can I use art for entertainment or like, you know, to get people to stop, but like once they stop, it's like, now I can teach them about this thing that just happened or I can, you know, get them to contact their district attorney or, you know, you know make a call or, you know, add their name to this petition, um, do something to like, Everybody, I feel like a lot of people really want to do something to help. It's like they don't really know all the time what to do. Um, and so, you know, we, we're, we all have these phones where we were looking at these screens and, you know, we want to be able to help immediately. And, you know, a lot of times the artivism can help kind of steer people. Let's talk about clothing, though, because Martin Luther King Jr. makes a statement because he's in a hoodie. But... In the case of Floyd, he's not in a hoodie. You decided to dress him differently. Um, that kind of imagery, clothing, statements, uh, it all kind of, and I wanna kind of get inside your head. How do you come up with the thought process? Because it's very effective, isn't it? I mean, it's a way of conveying a story just in how people are dressed, right? Yeah, and uh, I, I, feel like, I feel like in a way that's part of the whole, um, I guess, one of the one of the when I, I'm doing like a lot of classes on artivism and juxtaposition is one of those things where it's like how can we combine these two elements to make a, a point and so um, for MLK in the hoodie I talked about that but for 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 George Floyd it was more so like I want to I want to kind of drive home that whole celebration of life um, idea like uh, we don't. In the black community, a lot of times we don't talk about funerals so much, but it's like a celebration of life. And, you know, you know, what you wear, you know, especially to a black event is like very important. And, you know, you got to be dressed sometime. There, there's many times where it's like you got to be dressed to impress, you know, all the time. And so um, I wanted that to be kind of like his, his celebration of life, like, um, you know, it's it's don't look at it as his funeral. Like this is, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about who this person was as he lived, you know? And that, and the fact that a lot of times it, it's not even like, oh, this, you know, this person was killed and, and you know, they were a, a Harvard graduate and they did so many wonderful things. 
it's not even all the time that they have to have done all those wonderful things. Like, it's just that this was a human being who should still be alive and um, that we're going to celebrate his life. And so I wanted to put a tux on him. And also, you know, for the Mod Arbery piece, um, I had a tux on him. So I had kind of like continued that theme. Um, and I think of George Floyd and I think of him as a father, too, because, you know, that came out abundantly clear after the you know, when, when, it, when he died. And I think this is a father denied the opportunity to be at his child's wedding, too. I mean, it, it's, it can hit people on different levels, too, don't you think? Yeah, and that's one thing I, I really want to do is um, try to connect those dots. Like, um, there's so many times in, you know, when I'm making portraits that there are connections to everyone. Like, you know, everyone can relate to this part of this person's story. And that's one of those things, like he was a father. Um, I, I created a, a portrait of, of this lady named Rosa who was at the border um, seeking you know, asylum. Um, she had her kids and um, I painted her just looking at you in the face. A lot of times the portraits I create are, you know, they're staring you in the face just saying like, can you see who I am? And she had her kids and, it, and that was, part of that was to say, you know, you know, wouldn't you do anything for your kids? Like, you know, this lady was just trying to find a better life um, for her kids, you know, mainly. Um, and it's things like that where, you know, I just, I want people to like see into the soul of another person who is, is no longer here. Former National Football League quarterback, Colin Kaepernick. In 2016, when he began kneeling in protest during the playing of the U.S. National Anthem before NFL games. People are really feeling their humanity and really feeling like, you know what, this might not be something I experience on a daily basis, but it's not right that these other people are going through this. Systemic racism, you know, when we, one of the things that really has come, uh, become rather abundantly clear of late, although I imagine it, to, to you it's probably been clear forever, um, this kind of double standard. I mean, you look at Colin Kaepernick, he takes a knee, calls attention to police brutality, Black Lives Matter, blackballed from football. More recently, the defensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders comes out and compares uh, the siege on January 6th as a dust up. What about uh, Black Lives Matter and all that? Does this false equivalency, he still has a job. Colin Kaepernick's still looking for a job. Uh, and you would think that the sense of outrage over those kind of ignorant comments would cost you your job, and they don't. I want to get your thoughts on, um, well, that, for one, but, but where racism is in America, and, and what does that say about racism in America? Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's moments like that where I, I think back to some of, some of the art pieces that I make where I want to... I want to highlight who is who is speaking out as a patriot, who is speaking out for the ideals that America stands for, and who isn't. You know, um, Colin Kaepernick. I have a I have an art piece of of him taking a knee, um, and in 2020 it was um, put on billboards um, in L.A. and it was written in giant words "patriot" underneath because. Um, it speaks to what he was fighting for. He was fighting for justice for all. Like that's patriotic. Like I keep trying to pull these, these nuggets of, of 
patriotism and the things that we all, you know, had to say the pledge for and sing these songs for. Um, I try to connect those and try to, you know, describe what is what is true patriotism. You know, um, somebody who, you know, brushes aside an attack on the Capitol, like an attempt to overthrow government for for what reason I'm not sure <laughs> like um, that's not patriotic like there there are simple things that are patriotic and not patriotic and really if you if you look at all of it it all boils down to um, racism and you know power structure in this country and how it was all founded and you know who has been in charge for this whole time and who feels like they're trying to keep other people in place and all that stuff. And it's, you know, unfortunately, that's that's the hierarchy that was created in this country from the beginning. And it's it's you would you would be surprised to see like how I don't know how how crazy like things like people who are in power, when they see people shaking that ladder, like trying to make things like just and equal for everyone, like people in power just freak out. And, and so you'll see the people who have been, who have been hurt, you know, um, Colin Kaepernick, people who have been, you know, knocked down for trying to speak out about these things. Um, they, they have been knocked down because they, they want that equality. And so um, it's, it's pretty much the same story. Every, every time it's the same story, like. But you're shaking the ladder. Do you worry about that? Yeah. No, no, I don't. Um, I don't. I just, you know, I keep I keep making the art that I feel like I, I have to make because, you know, I I do want I do want this world and this country to be better for, you know, for future generations, for my son when he's older. Um, he's only two, but at some point he's going to see all of these broken bones as well. And he's going to see, you know, what isn't working right and what did what did everyone do to try to fix this or make it better? Um, and so I, you know, I got I'm going to keep making the art, going to keep doing it. Let me close with one final question, which is uh, we've talked about you as an artist, an artivist, uh, an architecture, uh, and also author. Um, but let's talk a little bit more about you as a, a dad. Um, when do you see that little guy on your lap? reading these books that you never had a, had as a child and kind of teaching him about the world through your books. And what's that, what's that moment going to be like? That will be um, one of the most special moments of my life. Um, he is currently doing a lot of like gibberish and trying to form words together. <laughs> and I just know that like the, the moment that he starts to, he's, he's going to start preschool soon. He's going to turn two years old soon. And very soon, we're going to be sitting down with him with all of these books and showing him, you know, a little bit of, you know, his history. You know, he's a he's a um, <laughs> his parents are, are black and Romanian, Hungarian, Italian. So he's a child of the world <laughs> in a way. Um, and, you know, he 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 needs to see all of of his, you know, his past and all of where he needs to go in his future. Um, and it's just, I think it's really cool that I can, you know, pull out all of my books and, and show him different parts of his life, different parts of um, 
the world that he lives in and, and show him like, this is where you can make a change. Like this is what's not working right and wasn't working right for your great grandma and still isn't working right. And this is how you can help make it, make it better, you know? Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. That was my conversation with LA-based artist and activist Nicholas Smith. This is all for this Full Frame podcast. Our thanks to my colleagues Jolie Lee and Cameron to Harry McGottam here in our CGTN studios. And if you want to watch the full-length Full Frame show, please go to CGTN Now on Apple TV. I'm Mike Walter in Washington, D.C. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening.